Lord Jesus, your word speaks to us life and liberty. And I pray, Lord, that you would fill us with the joy of your resurrection this morning. Open our hearts that we might hear from you. It's in your name we pray all of these things. Amen. Please be seated. Well, welcome. Thank you so much for being here at Restoration on this holy, uh, holiest of Sundays. Thank you for joining us here, for worshiping with us here. Uh, if you and I haven't had a chance to meet yet, I'm Pastor Rick, the pastor here at Restoration. Um, after the service, I would love to chat with you, um, to meet you. What a beautiful day. What a beautiful evening also at the vigil service. And uh, kudos to you who are able to be there and then come to the early service. Like, oh my goodness, what a marathon, right? Uh, this is, the Sunday morning is just an extension of the celebration that began uh, on, on that uh, lovely evening last night. And then also, if, if you look at the front of your bulletins, you'll see this piece of artwork by uh, Ukrainian artist Ivanka Dem uh, Demchuk. Uh, isn't that such a beautiful portrayal of the resurrection? You can see just paradise exploding uh, throughout that scene. You see the tomb is like taped off. You know, no longer does death have any power anymore. And the women are just marveling at what's happening there. They're, they're clothed in white to symbolize the, the joy of the resurrection that is just um, coming upon them and mystifying them. Um, what a beautiful, beautiful portrayal. Um, as you've gathered, if you have bells, feel free to ring those whenever you hear the word hallelujah. Uh, yes, there we go. Good job, good job. Um, so we gather, here at Restor or we gather here for Easter, of course. But what does that mean? What is the meaning of Easter? What is it exactly that we celebrate today? Well, if we were to walk into a grocery store, uh, you would see displays filled with uh, chocolate bunnies and marshmallow chickens, uh, brightly painted eggs. And the message is really clear that we would glean from the grocery store. Spring is here. You survived another frigid, cold, terrible Minnesotan winter. Uh, now you can start to hopefully prepare to see and expect to see green grass and budding trees and bright flowers and um, multiplying pudgy rodents everywhere. <laughs> Is this what we celebrate? Do we celebrate the arrival of spring? Or maybe we celebrate the, uh, just kind of what's, what's going on in our time right now, how the pandemic is subsiding. Uh, the, you know, we, we have threats of this Omicron subvariant, but all signs show that we're not gonna be seeing another spike here, praise the Lord. And so maybe we're gonna see the return of many Minneapolis comforts. We'll be able to exchange smiles with strangers again and sing obnoxiously at baseball games and you know, other fun comforts like that. Now these are obviously good things to celebrate. Uh, I'm very, very ready for springtime and, and warm weather and baseball games. Uh, but for the Christian, that is not exactly what we celebrate today, right now. Easter does not mark just the fading of winter or the return of modern comforts. We celebrate the fact that 2,000 years ago, a Jewish rabbi was killed by Roman authorities, handed over by the Jewish leaders. He was dead in the tomb for three days. But we celebrate the fact that he actually came back to life. And he walked among us. He hugged his disciples. He ate with them. He cooked breakfast for them. He was with them. He appeared to over 500 people. This is what we celebrate, that Jesus Christ has risen from the grave. Alleluia, alleluia. 
So I want to share with you three resurrection blessings. And by no means is this the totality of what the resurrection means. For thousands of years and across thousands of cultures, we have been exploring, humanity has been, uh, believers have been exploring the depths and the mystery and the beauty of the resurrection. So by no means is this everything, is this exhaustive. But as your pastor, as someone who prays with you, as someone who prays for you, and I hear what you cry for, I hope that these resurrections can be a reminder to you of the blessing and the power and the hope that there is to be found in the embrace of our loving Savior. But first, there is a bit of unfortunate news. So we live in a broken world, and that is uh, the all-time understatement, is it not? It would be easy to point to things like the war in Ukraine, the global pandemic, social injustices, political corruption, but I actually want us to turn the gaze inward for a moment. As the Russian philosopher Alexander Solzhenitsyn says, the line of good and evil runs through the middle of every human heart. To put it in Bible terms, no one is righteous, not even one. The world is broken, brothers and sisters, because you are broken, because I am broken, because all of us are broken people. And the Bible's word for this is sin. And while our post-enlightened brains want to deny the prevalence of sin, I think if we're honest, in those silent moments, we know better, our hearts know better. Sin is that obsessive greed to accrue more things. It's that resentment towards those who seem uh, more successful than ourselves. It's the lust that we have for other human beings that dehumanizes them and oppresses them. It's our coldness of heart to the lonely and the needy in our communities. These things, this, this sin that is within us, has damaged our ability to experience God fully, to see him, to encounter him, to fellowship with him. And it's also damaged our ability to properly love one another. Well, the good news is that Jesus Christ died for our sins. He was the perfect human being, the full and beautiful atonement. He died upon a, on the cross. He died for our sins. And Jesus was quite clear about this. He told us what was going to happen. He says over and over again throughout the Gospels, I am going to Jerusalem where I will be handed over and killed. And the Bible tells us, or John the Baptist points to Jesus and says, look, here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus himself says, I will lay down my life for my friends. And the prophets of old said all of our brokenness, our shame, and our guilt will be placed upon him. So the Bible tells us that when Jesus, dies, when Jesus Christ dies upon the cross, evil was defeated. This is what the resurrection is about. The resurrection is God's amen to what happened upon the cross. The resurrection is a grand miracle that proves that what Jesus claimed is absolutely true. If I told you that I was going to die for your sins, you'd kind of roll your eyes. You'd be like, yeah, okay, that's, that's nice, Rick, thanks. But if I rose from the grave, that would have you sort of rethinking all of reality, wouldn't it? Well, this is exactly what Jesus did. He rose from the grave. His resurrection is a physical sign of those spiritual realities. It verifies that the Bible's audacious claims that a man would make payment for the sin of the world is actually true. So the first blessing is that through Jesus Christ, through his resurrection, you can have peace with God. You can see him clearly when you look at Jesus Christ. 
You can hear God's words when you read the Holy Scriptures. You can feel the presence of God as you come into the fellowship of his family. You can have freedom from sin. So you you might be haunted with shame now, but you don't have to be. You might be hopeless now, but you don't have to be. You might be lonely now, but you don't have to be. As we read in our passage from Romans, nothing can separate you from the love of God. You are loved by God. The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead means that you can have peace with God. What a privilege. What an honor. What a joy. The children are are shouting out their hallelujahs to you right now. I hope that is encouraging to all of you. Yes, yes, (laughs) praise the Lord. So a question for you, has there been any uh, friendships that you have lost over the last two years? Is, Is there anyone in your life who you were friends with before the pandemic, but now you are not friends with anymore? Maybe over the course of the past two years and all the, the events that have happened, that have transpired, you learned something unnerving about someone who was dear to you, or maybe they felt that way about you, and there was some sort of decision that it would be best if you did not spend any time with one another anymore. Perhaps it was a, a disagreement about, again, I, I'm not going to relay the litany. You, you know the things that we have to disagree with, to disagree about these days. Or maybe there's someone else who you've cut ties with. Maybe there's a relationship that was broken decades ago. And all it takes is hearing that person's name, seeing their photograph, seeing their Photoshop, Photoshop, seeing a photograph of them, and that pain just immediately comes up to the surface. My guess is that every person in the room carries some kind of wound that was inflicted upon you by a broken relationship. Well, this brings us to the second blessing of the resurrection. Because God has forgiven us, we have the power and the ability and the grace to forgive others. And that can only come truly from the power of the resurrection. You may have been, you don't have to be imprisoned by the hurtful behavior of others. Their words of pain don't have to plague you anymore. Now, to be clear, I don't mean that the the consequences of that, that you ignore those, or that there aren't consequences of that. Forgiving a car thief doesn't mean that you leave them alone with your car keys. But it does mean that in your heart, you can say to them, I have received the forgiveness of God. And so those terrible words, those hurtful actions, they don't have power over me anymore. Because God says that I am his beloved daughter, or his son, or his child, And I send those hurtful words, I send them to the cross of Christ. And you can say, you can pray, you know, may you too also experience his forgiveness. So again, I wonder what sort of hurtful words have control over your life right now. Because the resurrection means that you have a supernatural, God-infused, Jesus-empowered ability to forgive others. And that is a grace, that is a gift that the church can offer to our families, to our neighborhoods, to our cities, to our workplaces, the ability to forgive others. So Julia Esquivel is a Guatemalan and Presbyterian poet. And at the time of her writing, uh, her people were being traumatized, were being devastated by extreme violence and war and poverty. 
And so for this, in this third section, I'd like to read to you a selection of her poetry. It isn't the noise in the streets that keeps us from resting, my friends. It is something within us that doesn't let us sleep, that doesn't let us rest, that won't stop pounding deep inside. It is the silent, warm weeping of Indian women without their husbands. It is the sad gaze of the children fixed somewhere beyond memory. But what keeps us from sleeping is that they have threatened us with resurrection. Because we are now more full, we are more alive than ever before. Because they transform our agonies and fertilize our struggle. Because they pick us up when we fall. Because they loom like giants before the crazed gorilla's fear. It is the internal cyclone of the kaleidoscopic struggle which will heal wounds and raise the fallen. It is the earthquake soon to come that will shake this world and put everything in its place. And then she concludes by saying, join us. Then you will know how marvelous it is to live life threatened with resurrection, to dream awake, to keep watch asleep, to live while dying, to know ourselves already resurrected. What power. Do you hear the hope in her words? Do you hear the, sur- the supernatural endurance through her words that God has given her? What terrible horrors ring out in the night, but she does not fear the threat of death, but is strengthened by the threat of resurrection. Julia understands that death is not the final word. Therefore, her life here and now, because of that future hope, her life here and now is utterly transformed. You see, when Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, he leaves his linens in the tomb. Did you catch that? Those grave cloths have no more purpose anymore. There's no reason for them anymore. As Paul says, Christ is being raised from the dead. He will never die again. Death no longer has claim over Jesus Christ. Death has been canceled. It has been discarded. It has been put away. It has been destroyed. And this points us to deeper spiritual realities, the hope that we all carry in the resurrection. Now, obviously, we don't live in a war-torn nation, but maybe we do. It certainly feels like that, right? Neighbor has turned against neighbor, family member against family member. It's like there's a cold war that's brewing among us. So what carries you through, I ask? When wave after wave crashes over and over against you and all that you hold dear, what carries you through? When the violence of our world cries out in the night, what sustains you? What hope do you cling to? Because Jesus gives us supernatural, abundant, life-giving hope. The resurrection life, that this is not the end. That we will spend all of eternity with him in the presence of his joy and his beauty And I'm not saying that bad things don't happen here and now, but I am saying that Jesus Christ is with us. Just as he is like with with Julia, he can be with us. As our prayer book says, the things which are cast down are being raised up. The things which had grown old are being made new. And all things are being brought to their perfection in Jesus Christ, our resurrection hope. So the next several weeks here at Resurrection, we're going to be at Restoration. (laughs) We're going to be... (laughs) There's other churches named Resurrection. Uh, uh, At this church, Restoration, maybe at other churches too, we're going to be preaching through uh, the book of Revelation the next several weeks. 
We're going to be exploring the hope, that glorious hope that we all have to look forward to in living a life alongside the risen Jesus Christ. Because he is preparing a place for us where we will spend all of eternity with him, when we will be reunited with our loved ones. And we're going to be exploring that future hope that gives us abundant life here and now. So I invite you to come back and participate with us in those conversations. He forgives us our sin. He empowers us to forgive others. And he gives us resurrection life. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen and hallelujah. <laughs> you surprised me on that one. 